0: I'm Amelia Quint, and you're listening to Bad Astrologers, where we take a cultural, spiritual, literary, and mythological look at the heavens. As always, this is an independent podcast made possible entirely by the generosity of our Patreon supporters. Over at Patreon.com slash BadAstro, our small but mighty circle of the smartest mystics on the internet get access to exclusive monthly forecasts and horoscopes. And if you join our best tier, you also get instant access to our archive of Stellar School bonus episodes, which are a total steal. Our latest is on Pluto, the smallest and spookiest planet in the solar system. And after that, we'll dive even deeper into how to read your chart. Also, if you want my eyes on your stars, I'm available for one-on-one readings and would love to work with you. Just head over to AmeliaQuint.com to book. And if you're ready to take your spiritual practice to the next level, I offer tailored apprenticeship programs and can work with you anywhere in the world to build up your content and confidence when it comes to astrology, magic, and more. But above all, the Best way to share a little love with this podcast is to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. It's a simple act, but it enchants the algorithm to share this magical audio spell with even more lovely people just like you. And of course, be sure to follow at Bad Astrologers on Instagram and Twitter to stay in the know about the latest releases so you never miss an episode. Okay, everybody. I want us all to get into a good headspace to have this conversation. And it is a conversation. Life's been tough lately. We're fresh off eclipse season and a retrograde, and I know it's tense. So let's do this together, shall we? Sit back, relax your shoulders, take a deep breath, and let's start the show. So. Maybe it's this Mars, Saturn, Uranus, T-square this week, or maybe it's the Lilith trends that I'm having, but lately I've been feeling mad. And instead of stewing in that anger, like a Mars and Pisces usually would, I wanna use it to start a discussion. I wanna talk about where astrology is going wrong. Over the last weeks, months, and years, I've gotten some questions from clients and people online that make me worried and a little scared about the direction this industry is going. So, let's clear the air. I want to clarify any myths out there about what astrology is for, and help you learn how to use it from a more empowered place. In this episode, we'll talk about the horror stories of astrological practice and how to avoid falling into the negativity trap. I'll equip you with everything you need to heal your relationship to the stars, stop fearing the future, and to learn how to listen to your intuition, something that's often talked about in mystical conversations, but almost never explained. I'll explain it, step by step, explore what it really means, and why that's so important to being a successful astrologer, and honestly, a successful and happy person. So let's get into it shall we the way this is gonna go is i'm gonna talk about what astrology isn't as a way to explore what astrology actually is so the first thing that i want to clarify that astrology isn't is this astrology isn't all bad i have noticed lately this trend towards everything in astrology becoming a warning of some kind. It's all an admonishment about how bad something's going to be just around the corner. I actually saw Michael Cardenas from Old Way's post about this. He said, does happiness bother you or what? You know, an example of this would be, we know there's a shadow period just after the retrograde, so everyone chill. It's exhausting to listen to these negative interpretations of astrology every single time you log in. It's not helpful, it's not interesting, and it's not actually building the kind of community you want to build. Just let people be happy, good goddess. So, this is why this particular trend drives me absolutely up the wall. If we're honest... I think we can all agree that there's an undertone to this trend that means that being happy somehow equates to not having your facts straight because, oh, there's some other thing or complication happening that You haven't yet studied some technique that only this person criticizing you knows, which is ridiculous because you probably also know the technique. You just didn't have time or desire to cram it into, what, 240 characters it is on Twitter. It's this astrology community equivalent of a reply guy, and it often comes in that form so for example venus went into leo today and if you're if you're happy about venus going into leo the sign of glamour and drama well you shouldn't be because it's aspecting oh my god malefics so there is some truth to the statement that a venus that is aspecting malefics is gonna have a tougher time but that doesn't mean that we don't have all of the beautiful options of venus and leo still available to us right that it couldn't possibly be a good thing that we could use to become more cutthroat about our sensuality or strict in asserting our value right not everything has to be so scary to people and honestly I think this viewpoint is really sad, it does. It deeply saddens me that this is the way that the social media economy forces astrology to be. People online want to outdo each other for, let's be honest, the literal millions of dollars and clicks circulating in this industry right now, and it's gotten out of control. It's not helping people, and it's affecting our clients negatively. I get clients regularly now who are, to me, young, as an ancient millennial, to me that's 23 or 24, that are, for example, completely petrified for their Saturn return and wanting to plan ahead for it. That's five years away and they're completely terrified. And I've also had clients tell me they've been to someone who told them something awful is coming years down the line and they're already losing sleep about it, right? So with those examples, there's things to unpack, right? So um, the Saddam return client, yes, Saddam returns are really tough, but when you're only focusing on these events that are gonna happen later in your life, you forget to, like in Dead Poet Society, suck all the marrow out of life right now some of these people um i can think of about three examples recently that they were in the most beautiful joyous transits um you know things with jupiter with the little extra pixie dust from venus and had no reason to be so scared and the only reason why they were is because of what they were reading and what they were exposed to and it's just not acceptable so Here's the thing, (laughs) we as humans are wired to see what we expect to see. So if we frame everything in a negative, foreboding light, that's what you'll start to look for and notice everywhere, and it can take a real serious toll on your mental health. And by real serious toll, I mean fuck it up, bad. So if you're finding that astrology is stressing you out more than it's helping, Consider how you might wanna alter your practice to allow for more positivity or support your astrological practices with things like therapy and journaling and other traditional modalities, right? I read a really lovely and intriguing uh, tweet thread that I think the person took down, I couldn't find it, about someone who um, came from a family of astrologers and tarot readers and they had a great respect for the profession but they personally stopped using it um, because they found that it made it more difficult for them to make choices because there was always this fear of of like making a wrong move and that's something that i just want to dispel right now is that you know yes there are areas of danger and mistakes that you don't want to make but if you are going about it with good intention and you let you've read the astrology you understand it you know you have to believe that the universe is going to support you you have to believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today was just to be able to survive and to be able to make the most of whatever transit you're in right or who says we have to make the most of our transits we can allow them to flow over us and just enjoy them as they come or surrender to them and embrace them as they come so when i talk about this negativity trap i want to be extremely clear that this does not mean that we as astrological practitioners should sugarcoat what is coming up in the stars right instead i believe wholeheartedly that it is our job to be harbingers of hope no matter how difficult that might be and that is what i love about astrology in this work and it's easy to do everyone has jupiter or venus transiting somehow somewhere right so through the benefics there's always a little bit of hope and the stars are a mirror of that right one of the testimonials or emails that i received that meant the most to me it, it stood out because i recall doing the reading and i pulled up the chart and i was I was kind of horrified by the transits I was seeing. It was definitely one of the most challenging outlooks um, I'd seen. It was like a big T-square moment with like Pluto and Uranus and Mars and Saturn was in there somehow. It was a big, big clusterfuck, basically. And I thought, how am I gonna help this person um, get through this? And so I was, I was honest about uh, how difficult it was going to be, but I also did my very best to direct them to the the pockets of joy and the opportunities that were available to them through these other things and and help them contextualize those difficult experiences, right? I think that is what astrology can be so good at is I have lots of fixed energy on my chart, and so I'm definitely uh, getting it right now, but just knowing kind of what it's for, what what building blocks of my life are being shuffled around or like what jingo blocks are being pulled out um so that i can collaborate with that more but but this individual um they wrote to me after the reading and they said that they thanked me for how direct i was about how hard it was gonna be and they said everything came to pass as they said it would but they also thanked me for giving them hope and guiding them Oh, out of that dark cloud and into a little glimmer of light. So don't let anybody tell you that you're being inaccurate or not intellectual for guiding yourself or the people that you're reading for towards the the ray of light coming through the big storm clouds. Honestly, I believe that's what this is about. So if astrology isn't all bad, what it is truly is is a tool for hope and for brightening people's lives. Okay, next up. (laughs) I should probably preface this one with my usual caveat emptor. Can I be a bitch for a second? My favorite way to uh, ask consent of my dear friends if venting needs to occur. And I recommend you doing this uh, in your relationships as well. So, what astrology is not astrology is not a quiz and neither is life so because astrology is so formulaic it attracts people who want to get all their facts straight and this is a good thing it's probably amplified right now by the fact that it's dominated with folks with saturn and saturn ruled signs that's capricorn or aquarius and that that's where we've had saturn over the last few years these folks are having Saturn returns. And during the Saturn return, everything in life suddenly feels like a ponderous responsibility. And you take life a lot more seriously. Again, this is a good thing, an important transition for the most part. But right now, there's such a desire to codify astrology, to get someone to appoint us somehow as valid by traditional or regular standards because there's so much publicity focused on the industry, I think. But frankly, I'm afraid that's become so restrictive that it's starting to squeeze all the joy out of the profession. And there's so much joy to be gained from this profession. So let me explain a little bit more deeply. Astrology seems to attract folks with an academic bent, which makes sense. You have to love research to be good at this, I think. But remember that astrology is a symbolic language, and eventually you have to learn to actually speak it. And not just speak it in a way that makes sense to other astrology people, I'm making scare quotes right now and you can't see it, but to speak it with clarity and conviction to people who don't know a rising sign from an ascendant. You know, one thing I often tell my students is, that's great, you gave me all the right answers, now, Tell me what you think. And that's something that I would love to see more of. I would love to see more experimentation, more finding your own unique voice. And I have to say, there are some folks that I think are doing such an incredibly beautiful job at this. And I just, I don't know, I devour their Instagram posts and content, but there is a sort of... um rigid brick wall of sameness that is becoming just, I don't know, really limiting and, and difficult. So when we look forward to so where astrology might go next, I'm very, very curious to see what happens with astrology as a field, an industry, and a business when Pluto enters Aquarius. I'm even more curious to see what happens with the internet and social media around that time too. Will it bulldoze the whole thing? Will it inflate things even more? I'm honestly fascinated, and I think it will be so interesting to find out. Pluto, and like I said, there's a whole brand new Stellar School episode on Pluto, by the way, um, often has to do with big business or wealth or institutions. So I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath to see how big astrology will evolve with this transit. So consider this. If astrology is ruled by Aquarius, then it's associated with Saturn and Uranus, the past and the future. And it does seem like there are two lanes in astrology now, the Saturnian traditional and the Uranian modern or evolutionary astrology. And what I would love to see is more folks blending the two in the kind of effervescent, joyful and playful way that we saw back at the industry's advent in the early 2010s when I came up. I would love to see people remember that each needs the other to maintain equilibrium and balance, because when we deify the past, we forget to look ahead to the future, and experiment and explore, and frankly further our field. And isn't that why we got into this? To boldly go where no one has gone before, Star Trek style? For many of us, we got into astrology because we wanted to escape the closed-mindedness of Christianity, but this echoes the same sentiments. The modern versus traditional argument reminds me an awful lot of Protestants versus Catholics arguing about whether communion crackers actually turn into flesh and blood. Ultimately, we're talking about the same thing with different words. Let's not hold it against each other. So. If astrology isn't a quiz and life isn't either then what is it i believe that astrology is full of possibility it's a gorgeous playground for experimentation and it's a reflection of the contradictions of the world and that's a good thing all right next up what astrology isn't astrology isn't an escape hatch you cannot use astrology to Absolve yourself of the responsibility of making your own decisions. I want to be really clear about what astrology can do for you. And also clear about what you need to do for yourself. So astrology is this incredible tool that is like space weather right? So before you go outside on any given day, you're probably going to, first thing you're going to do, you're going to pick up your phone. You're going to see how hot it is outside. What's the humidity like? Uh, are there any weather advisories? Is it hot or cold? Are you going to wear a nice crisp white shirt? Are you going to wear a little tank top? What's your outfit going to be based on what's happening outside? Are you going to not go out at all? That's what astrology can help with, except with uh, everything in life, right? It, it gives us the the tone and the influences that the natural world is is putting on all of us right um but astrology cannot and should not tell you your life purpose and other people might disagree with me but this is a hard and fast rule when i get a reading and you you, if it's based around what is my purpose i always say I can't tell you your purpose, you have to decide that for yourself. I don't think you should ever, ever let astrology take away the agency of you deciding what you want to do. So you have to make the decision first of what you want and then astrology is this amazing gift from the universe to help to help you affect the changes of when, how, maybe even why where potentially if you're into locational astrology, um, but what kind of has to come from you, especially if it's something massive. So I'm thinking of like the angular house stuff of your very being, your body, your your family, your residence, your living space, your closest relationships be they, uh, romantic or business partners and your career and how you want that to grow and evolve, right? So I won't ever make the decision for you. You know, I can show you the available options, but I can't choose. And, you know, I even hesitate to tell you, wait until this time to do something or else, because there are always exceptions. I mean... I met my husband of very close to 11 years during a Venus retrograde and it was one of the best decisions of my life and that's that is the one thing that you're not supposed to do and it was not a mistake it it was a wonderful choice. I ended up getting married during a Mercury retrograde. Um, Doesn't mean that my life hasn't been without challenges but ultimately you have to you have to be the impetus, not the astrology. And I actually think this can make your relationship to transit a lot better. I often say it's better to take the action first and be proactive than to have the stars act on you and you've waited too long, right? It definitely helps. But here is my very unpopular opinion. Yeah, for big decisions, you have to decide the answer on your own and let astrology affirm the way, okay? Um, here's an example in general the astrology and by the astrology I mean you pulled up your chart on astro.com and you're looking at it you you smash that show with transits button and you're looking to see okay what what is happening here you're looking at it with nuance you're looking to see um, exactly how the stars in the sky are interacting with your personal natal chart so in general, astrology will speak really plainly about what you need to do. So a couple of examples, really common questions I get are about planning a career change, planning a big career move, planning an actual relocation, right, um, and so, or, or people who have come and said, I'm dissatisfied with my fill in the blank, my career, my relationship, right? Um, so what I would recommend is looking at your transits or getting a pro to look at your transits and, you know, especially Jupiter and Saturn and then um, Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, if you use them in your practice, I most certainly do. They can show you the sort of like bowling lanes that are open for you, right? Um, And if you're trying to go down a path and you're experiencing lots of resistance and, You know, that's not really something that is activated by your longer term transits. Like, maybe there's another angle. Like, maybe it isn't really about buying a house. Maybe it's about building wealth. Maybe it's not the fourth house. Maybe it's the second. You see what I mean? But ultimately, you decided what you want to do. And it goes the same for describing your natal traits as well, right? So we'll use career as an example again. You know i don't think any responsible astrologer would tell you um this is your purpose this is what you must go out and do right everything in astrology is like again the symbolic language that has thousands of different meanings so it's it can be something that unfolds over time there will be jobs in 10 years that didn't even we couldn't have even comprehended existing um now and that will show up in the astrology and that's the whole magic of it, right? So, you know, I I think of it more as descriptive than prescriptive, right? So with the career, it's not like, oh, this is what you have to do. It's like, oh, okay, how can I make this uh, delicious elixir of my second house to make a little money, of my sixth house to make sure my uh, environment feels really good, and then my 10th house to make sure that I'm making the impact in the world that I wanna make, Um, it should feel good astrology should feel good y'all i just i want y'all to know that really like it should give you a sense of surprise and delight when you do it when it's going well i promise you this is true so again Also, you know, and I can't believe I even have to say this, but, you know, the astrology doesn't make you do things. You should take ownership of your decisions and responsibility where it's appropriate. Um, Never ever use astrology as a way to sidestep um, true self-understanding and knowledge. That's it. (laughs) That's the tweet. Um, Send tweet. So what astrology isn't, it's not a strict map, right? It's more of a guide, kind of like in Pirates of the Caribbean, it's more like guidelines than actual rules kind of thing. You know, it's not, it's also, this is very important. So there's no certainty with astrology. Future is changing all the time. And like I said, there's so many different manifestations possible. And that's what makes it good you have agency and you can select and collaborate with the stars to get an outcome that feels really good to you, right? But if you're looking to astrology to make your life more certain, you're looking in the wrong place. It's not a security blanket of certainty. It's a promise of possibility. And in order to make the most of those possibilities, what you have to do is learn how to use your intuition as you forge ahead. So let's talk about intuition what that is and how to use it and of course how it relates to astrology so what is intuition intuition is maybe the most important skill you'll ever develop in your life a big statement i know but one that i firmly believe i want to take a minute to talk about what it actually is because like i said in mystical conversations if you're with people who are a little bit witchy or just are into astrology or tarot cards you'll often hear people say trust your intuition you might even hear like a professional or career advisor say oh not sure what to do trust your intuition but we never talk about how exactly to get in touch with it Um, and before we talk specifically about how to get in touch with it i just want to say as we learn to combine astrology with our natural intuition it's very important to never ever let astrology override your natural intuition in general you'll find that the astrology affirms things you already know sometimes it will surprise you and that will be a good thing but you have to listen to your heart first So oftentimes i found that, yeah, the astrology coincides with what you already intuitively felt. For example, I might realize it was the Venus hour after having an especially endearing conversation with a close friend, or remember that Mars was squaring my sun when an offhanded comment gets my blood pressure up, (laughs) right? Um, Those sorts of, some people might call them synchronicities, those affirmations from the universe should be how it aligns and and not you know contradict so one of my teachers brianna saucy i took her year in a day course some years ago now gosh and um she made a wonderful distinction between intuition instinct and impulse that i think as people who are working in these ethereal realms of possibility with astrology and you know really any kind of spiritual work we need to really get our mind around so first what is intuition intuition is any kind of sixth sense or inner knowing some people might call it psychic ability or other people who aren't spiritually inclined could just call it a hunch. Is something that most people have experienced before. It comes from a Latin root that means to look upon or to contemplate. And that eventually came to mean to instruct or teach. And I find that a really interesting origin story because with intuition, you're able to somehow look upon or otherwise think about events or ideas that haven't actually entered your orbit yet. And through that process, your body or your higher self or your divinities guide you in taking your next steps. Now, the big question that people always ask is this, does everybody have intuition? Yes, we use it all the time in social situations. You know, anyone who's tried to figure out what the heck someone's thinking besi- behind a mask um, in the last 18 months, that's intuition, right? In making decisions about where you want your life to go next, that feeling that says, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Those are all examples of intuition. It's the thing that tells you this is the right way to go, or no way, this is not it. But what I like to call magical intuition or psychic intuition is something ever so slightly different. We often hear it described as the five clairs. So that would be clairaudience, which is having a sense of sort of hearing a voice. I think we all have that inner voice of our conscience that tells us, you know, um, how to live in integrity. There's clairvoyance, which is sort of seeing an image of things, not necessarily to come, but just a visual of information that you might need to have. There's clairsentience, which is feeling things. So maybe you experience some sort of emotion that feels a little out of left field. Um, some people call this being empathic, but I don't love that language. It's often co-opted by people who just have a terrible time <laughs> putting up boundaries um, or can, uh, regulating their own emotional system. So do be a little careful with that. Um, there's clear cognizance, which is just knowing things uh randomly um which does happen um and some people even smell or taste things that aren't there that may have been like a a food or a perfume associated with potentially a dead loved one or a a strong scent memory but please 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 be careful with that because obviously it can be a sign of a very serious health problem like a stroke (laughs) um Intuition can also come in the form of dreams that seem significant or, you know, maybe you're someone that has dreams that end up happening. More often than not, my dreams are just brain soup, but very, very rarely there will be one that's loaded down with meaning or that actually comes true. So, (sighs) these things, I want to be very clear, are extremely different from astrology. Astrology is highly systematic. It is something that you can do independent of your intuition but in the way that i practice i think that you know if you're you're doing anything i think elite athletes especially they are practicing visualization techniques they are learning how to um you know do what magicians have been doing for centuries and so you know intuition is something that can guide you in any profession and I really really recommend learning how to contact that inner knowing as you're reading charts so that you don't get caught up in those those fears and anxieties and stresses of oh I heard this on Twitter uh, is that true or oh I'm a little nervous because this is a technically malefic planet and I'm scared when you're really rooted in your intuition and your ability to feel into what the universe has to offer you can come to these practices from a place of so much more agency and frankly happiness (laughs) Um, but as we talk about intuition another thing to remember is that we're all human and intuition can be wrong i think we've all had situations where we thought how the hell did i not see this coming and i just want to say that that doesn't make you a bad magician doesn't mean that your intuition isn't working All it means is you made a mistake and that's okay and you'll do better next time. And if you find yourself in that situation, consider journaling or meditating on the feelings you had leading up to it, so you can figure out what you can learn from that experience of how it played out. So why is it so difficult to develop intuition? Why do we not wanna talk about what that actually means? So at its core, intuition is self-trust which is why it can be so difficult to cultivate and really listen to, because it's so hard to listen to ourselves and allow ourselves to want what we want, feel what we feel and be who we are. But this is a practice that's absolutely essential, not just to your astrology work, but to your life overall. So we'll dive deeper into this in a second, but I also wanna talk about instinct and impulse too. So instinct, to me, is more of a biological function. Everybody has instincts. We have instincts for things that we are evolved to do, like eat, sleep, protect ourselves and our loved ones from harm, or even have sex. While intuition can be felt in the body, I often associate instincts with things that we feel driven to do physically. So seeking safety, love, and nourishment are usually behind these Instincts, while intuition can be a lot more arbitrary. Instincts also usually come up around situations that may involve some kind of danger. So your instincts are what tell you, cross the street over there because that guy is acting erratic and you feel like things might go south, right? So that's instinct. What then is an impulse? (laughs) So there's a reason why we talk about impulse buy or impulse candy, so an impulse is that sudden feeling or urge that you should do something right away there's a often false sense of urgency maybe it's because you saw your favorite chips on tv and now you're hungry and you simply must have them or maybe you smelled a new perfume at sephora and even though it's 400 you want to buy it immediately rent and your credit score be damned Impulses can be bad or good, depending on their eventual outcomes, and usually they'll dissipate if you sit on it for a little while. For example, with that perfume, if you waited a couple weeks and saved up the money and you really wanted it, that's no longer an impulse, that's a desire. And so here's how this is important to magic. It's important to give our impulses time to grow into desire, because magic and astrology is where we can get into pursuing those desires further, right? Understanding what you really want can help you come to astrology from a place of empowerment and not fear. So the hardest thing of all, how do you distinguish between your anxieties and fears and your intuition? So this is something that even the seasoned pros who have been in the industry for ages have to cultivate and practice every single day. So, if you are feeling a sense of inner knowing about something, but you're not sure, you're a little nervous, right? Here's what I recommend get into a state where your mind is quiet. Sit by yourself, whether that's having time to like run yourself a bath and sit on a meditation pillow and like really get into it. Or if you're out in public and finally getting out into the world and you need to make a decision quickly and you're not sure what to do, you could even just go to a bathroom stall, anywhere you can be by yourself, and clear your head and ask yourself, does this thing feel like a good idea? Or better yet, how does the thought of moving forward on this or saying yes to this make me feel? That, my friend... Is your intuition talking so it might be quiet at first but pay attention pay attention to what that voice sounds like pay attention to how it feels in your body does it feel like there's like a flower blooming in your chest if you're scared does it feel like this sort of constricted body feeling you know pay it everyone's intuition is different it's hard to talk about intuition because everyone's going to feel it differently sometimes for me not always but there's something really weird going on my ear will ring and i'll be like oh great my ear's ringing it's happening but it took me years to figure out that's what was going on and also sometimes you get a migraine your ears ring and it has nothing to do with intuition so i recommend much like with astrology keeping a journal to help you to keep track of the things that really are efficacious and work so When it comes to distinguishing between anxieties and fears and listening to your intuition, sometimes in life there will be situations where your intuition is screaming at you. This is extremely fucked. (laughs) Your brain starts talking to you like Whoopi Goldberg saying, you're in danger, girl. But for whatever reason, circumstances prevent you from running the other way. Maybe your job requires you to interact with someone that raises your heckles a little bit. Is that something that everybody says? (laughs) Is that just in the South raising your heckles? Um, Or maybe you're in a situation where you're building financial resources so you can get out of a, a bad situation, right? So as long as there's no immediate danger to your person of being harmed, right? Know this. You do not have to dwell on the weird feeling, however ominous it might seem. You got the message, and that's all you can do. So now that you listen to your intuition, you get to make your decisions from a wiser place and act accordingly. So yes, you're on alert, but you can still go about your business. Um, Here's the thing. In recent years, the thing I've regretted most, whether it was astrologically based decisions or just in general, The thing that has always gone awry is when I didn't listen to that inner voice. Maybe something seemed great on paper, but felt a little off. Pretty much every time, that's been right. And it doesn't have to be mystical, we're animals and we've evolved to know if danger is near so we can protect ourselves. Everybody does it. Also, it can be really, really helpful to, in situations of extreme importance, balance your intuitive knowing with logic. and not to override your sixth sense, but to help you have a more graceful reaction to what comes next and be kinder to yourself in the process. So in order for you to use your body and spirit's capacity to intuit to your best possible ability, consider yourself as being like an astral athlete. You have to take care of your physical vessel, aka your body, in order to Be in touch with your intuition in a way that's going to be most helpful to you, right? And this is complicated by the fact that the times when we most need our intuition are often times when our body is drained, depleted, exhausted, burned out, or otherwise stressed to the max. And so this is why you need a practice. So what kind of practices can help you build up your intuition? Like I said, I love a journal, whether it's an astrology journal or an intuitive journal. Any place where you can record, Grimoire style, your experiences to just make a note of what is working for you. Um, and I really, I can't believe I'm saying this because I have a mutable Grand Cross and I've never been consistent with anything in my life, but. Having a consistent daily practice of some kind, whether it's a meditation or gratitude, is everything. Me and one of my dear friends for the last, what, 106 days have done a gratitude practice where every day we send a little voice note of what we're grateful for and what we want to be grateful for in the future. Um And that sort of daily practice and just honing your intuition, I usually do it as a part of my other magical rituals. I I make it sound fancy, but it's really very simple. I say a little prayer in the morning, do a little blessing when I do my makeup, and then I'm out the door. Um, But having a practice regularly makes it so that it's just second nature. It's muscle memory or maybe even spirit memory when it's time to you know, rubber meets the road and make a big decision that requires lots of insight. So this is a bit of an aside, but I also want to talk for a second about what is an omen? What makes an omen? Something I've noticed a lot of in um, the metaphysical internets lately is that everything is suddenly an omen, right? So... An omen, the technical definition is an an event regarded as a potent of good and evil. So, a potent. Wow, I copied and pasted that, and there's a a spelling error. It should be a portent of good and evil. (laughs) Haha, Venus and Virgo win. Um, So, omens are, yeah, anything in your environment that sort of comes forth and is like, this is a thing that's going to be super scary or bad. In the past, this was things like augury, so, you know, divining through birds, reading entrails. Um, But I have seen people saying that the most random everyday occurrences are omens, (laughs) Right. Um, And most of the time, I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, probably if you're driving past the same sign every single day on the way to get your coffee and it says seven, seven, seven on it, like it's not an omen, like the 50th time you see it. Or maybe it is. That's where the intuition journal comes in. Um, When something really, really, really is an omen, I feel like you get the sense that like things are slowing down or like zooming in on what's important. Right. Um, And I think talking about omens is where divorcing astrology from spirituality gets really tricky. I think if you go way, 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 way back to like Babylonians, astrology was carried out much more like omen reading and a lot more um, to do and uh spookiness around oh well if this happens the king will fall and so on because eclipses and so on and so forth um but in the modern world sometimes it doesn't translate um but again i think that when it comes to astrology don't be looking for bad omens um just do your best to pump be your own hype person right be honest about what your challenges are going to be and look for believe that the best possible manifestation of what's going on is available to you so you know if you're having like mars opposing your Saturn, maybe the best possible manifestation is that you don't scream at anyone um and you're able to sort of like politely work through your anger by kickboxing or something um you know it doesn't Dion Fortune, one of my favorite magicians in Mystical Kabbalah, she says that uh, magic occurs through natural means and causes. So I think that's where predictive astrology gets a little funny. It's like you're not going to go from, um, you know, the natural resources not be avail- being available to you to being there. It certainly can and it's happened. But in general, I think being honest about where your life's at is a really good way to just stay grounded Um, and focused so uh, that was a lot of mystical discussion it's something that i wish people had talked to me more about early on because you know i experienced a lot of the same things that new astrologers are experiencing now trying to untangle the threads of what's intuition and what's astrology untangle the threads of you know negative omens or malefics versus the potential for positive possibility Um, And so I really hope just hearing this helps you figure out a a way to just be more at peace with it. Um, uh, Again, as you develop your intuition, I think the best thing for you to do is, in a a phrase, pay attention to what it feels like to be right without over ritualizing it. So, um, you know, if you're someone who's prone to maybe um, make really strict habits about things, you know, don't let astrology be that right like just enjoy your day or like if you pull the death card um and you're a tarot reader be open about what that might mean it doesn't mean i'm gonna shut the day down and cancel all my plans it means that you know you you go about your day and you stay open to what the universe may have in store for you you know um oh another great way to do this is to keep a note in your phone like you don't even need a journal just put a note in your phone that says like intuition notes or astrology notes and as these ideas come to you and just write them down record being a good magician being a good astrologer means taking amazing notes and trust me I, i know that you already are so here's the good thing I believe the stars are always working in the background, pulling the invisible string of your life to bring you exactly where you need to go. Society wants us to believe that everything hinges on us doing some kind of labor, but nature doesn't work like that. And astrology is just a language to help us better understand nature and our place in it. So remember that and know that your future is not set in stone every single day you collaborate with the cosmos to build a beautiful future and present for yourself and to rewrite your past to be healthier and more hopeful and maybe even healing to other people who you're willing to share with the thing is i really wish i could give every single one of you listening If you made it this far a huge hug because these are the tough questions that we have to answer and there aren't any easy answers you'll grapple with them over and over and over again throughout your practice as you build your own personal philosophy so as you forge ahead untangling the threads of astrology and intuition this is a good test for just about anything in life right ask yourself does this feel good and really ask and if the answer is no why are you doing it another great question to ask yourself is is this helping like really helping and again if the answer is no why do you keep doing it right so if you were to ask yourself is taking this negative view of astrology is like you know stomping on every ounce of hope that I have helping really answer that question you're probably gonna say no so don't keep doing that don't hurt yourself okay let astrology be the tool for healing that it is so in conclusion astrology isn't all bad is it isn't a quiz or a competition and it's not an escape hatch to absolve you of responsibility nor is it a security blanket or a method for control. Astrology is, however, hope, it's empowerment, and it's magic. So I hope that listening to this helped you. I hope that you'll go out and pull up your charts and um, talk to your friends and learn and feel excited and hopeful and like more is possible and that. It's safe to live and coexist with the stars. If you have listened this far and you have any questions about what is intuition? What do I do with that? How does it relate to astrology? And how do I move forward? Email the show at badastrologers at gmail.com. Or if you have questions or ideas you'd love to hear covered on the show, email them there too with the subject line topic idea. I would absolutely love to hear from you. So happy Venus and Leo, take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.